Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geek Digest podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things movies, geek culture, television, sometimes science. I mentioned science because we're talking about science today. Mostly video games. My name is Victoria. My name is Zaphod. And today we are going to be discussing the ultimate clickbait. We are going to be discussing a massive part of E3 going yeet. Yeet. We're going to be talking about just another company doing exactly what they said they were better than their competitors for and just a literal ripoff of good old animal crossing so zay tell me about the meteor that's gonna hit earth yeah so (laughs) here's the thing about it it's not it ain't (laughs) it's not gonna so the ultimate clickbait this is like I saw this a couple times on Twitter, and then yeah. Vic sent me the article. Yeah. And first of all, I was like, okay, cool, a science article. I'm into this. And yeah. then I realized it was IGN reporting on this supposed meteor yeah. that's about... This is why I sent it to Zay. I was like, wait, why the fuck is IGN reporting on this meteor that's yeah. potentially hazardous, that's yeah. that's hurtling towards Earth? Um, right. And then you get into this quote-unquote article uh which is about four paragraphs and it says that this space rock is expected to pass over our planet from a distance of about you know a casual 3.6 million miles it is the ultimate clickbait i saw it i opened it i read it and i was like well this would start a good conversation because it's so clickbaity it's it made me so mad because I clicked on it and it was like, it's like, it's worse than getting rickrolled. Like a rickroll, yes. you can laugh. Exactly. Getting clickbaited, you're like, oh, fuck what you. Fuck yeah, you. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Here, here were my thoughts when I saw it. Okay. I was like, why? First of all, agree. Why, why is IGN reporting on this? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, no, thank you. Oh God. Jeez. I unplugged my uh, microphone. Just give me one second. <laughs> oh my God. And by microphone, I meant headset. So you all heard that. Um, So can you talk, Zay? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Great. I just wanted to make sure I could still hear. Um, So basically, I saw this article. I thought it was the ultimate clickbait. It really, really bothered me. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? Then everybody's tweeting about it because it's... It's IGN. And obviously, they have a really big permeation. Like, they have a big audience. Mm -hmm. There were so many people freaking out about it that just saw the headline of the tweet that the people who track these meteors, I forget what the company or the the like group is called. Oh, it's NASA. They, it's not NASA. It was another group. <laughs> oh. Like it was someone else. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't NASA oh, that it's tweeted. The, it's the It was some governing body. It's the Center um, for Near Earth Object Studies, which is a part of some, NASA. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That their their Twitter account, right? Not the NASA Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Like their Twitter account tweeted out, Hey, we've seen this article about a meteor that's gonna hit Earth. That's not the case, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about it. It's not gonna come near us. The fact that they had to tweet that out because IGN is so bad at journalism is absurd to me. It's absurd and it's frustrating. It really bothers me. They should not have had to go into damage control because IGN decided they wanted to get a few more clicks on their website. It's just like it brings up such an interesting point about integrity in journalism, which is so hard to come by these days especially with something like this like i didn't i didn't even see this little sub tagline as soon as you get into the headline oh they've Mm -hmm. probably actually updated this since then it says but don't fear it'll likely miss because i don't remember seeing that the last time neither do i remember i don't remember seeing that either but here's the thing about these oh it was updated right yeah it says it was updated we don't know what they updated when they make these updates, though. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's true. But the fact of the matter is, even if it was there when we still opened it, if you actually go on the IGN website, first of all, it's tagged Armageddon. Yep. It's okay. also tagged drama. Yeah. Like, what the hell? The The title is bolded. It's a huge size. Mm-hmm. It's a bold font in a dark gray. 
and then the 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 subcat the subheadline underneath is like super light gray, not bolded, not like easy to see in any way. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to get you to scroll, and, right? And then they have Because page retention is trackable. Ridiculous animation below, which shows shots of Armageddon, which is about yeah. a massive multi-mile wide meteor that's hurtling towards Earth. Asteroid. I it's just, an asteroid, not a meteor. I don't understand why this, this journalist decided to do what they did with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why this was the strategy. Because the fact of the matter is, these kinds of meteors are fascinating whether or not they're going to hit Earth. And if you want to write about it, and if that's something that fascinates you, then write about it. But don't clickbait so that you can get more. Here's the thing. I'm not anti-clickbait. There's absolutely you know, ways that I clickbait. Like when I post a reading wrap up video, I will catch line, this was awful, or this was the worst, or I read 27 books because those things get more clicks. Technically, that is clickbaiting. Technically, So I'm not going to say I'm above clickbaiting because we all do it, but there's a difference between clickbaiting and have it be directly relatable to your content and clickbaiting like this, which is fundamentally fear-mongering. Yeah, for sure. Well, and there's, right? there's like you said, there's a major difference between what you, what's classified as clickbaiting and what you do, right? Like Yes, exactly. There's... Like in journalism schools for years, they've taught like the the core or the the hook of a good story is a good headline, right? Yeah, and that's what and we'll, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, exactly, for sure, for most yeah. definitely. But what you're trying to do is just get people to go see right. that article, watch this exactly. video, whatever it is. 100%. That's that's completely understandable. It's part of marketing. It's part of advertising. It's part of absolutely drawing on human nature. And what they're doing is actually putting, I mean, I think they updated the title too. I think they updated the title as well. I'm sitting here reading it. Like the title was different. Yeah. The title was different. It was, it was way more informative. Yeah. It was like, I think what it said is NASA spots. It it said something about hitting earth because this one says rapidly approaching earth. Yes, that I was just sitting here as you were talking, reading the title, being like, "That was not the title." Yeah. Here we go. My tweet says what the other what the tweet said. Okay. The old title was NASA has confirmed that a potentially hazardous asteroid is hurtling towards Earth at a con- incredible speed. Hurtling towards Earth. Yep. And see that's, that is very different that's than very rapidly approaching. Rapidly approaching and hurtling towards implies that it's going to hit the Earth. That's that's Whereas what the implication rapidly is. Rapidly approaching, very different. Yeah. yeah. So they changed the title from like the the hazardous asteroid is hurtling towards Earth at an incredible speed mm-hmm. to hazard hazardous asteroid rapidly approaching Earth. Yep. Can you guys tell the difference there? That's. That's what that is significant. It's very That's significant. A hundred percent. It's it, <laughs> yeah. it's a hundred percent clickbait. And I think like IGN is known for doing bullshit like this. Yes. But it it's more understandable if it's in the realm of video games, right? Right. People that follow IGN follow it for video game news and tech news yes. and other just news in that realm. And if they're exactly. tweeting about science and like here's the thing, there's there is hundreds of thousands of meteors and asteroids that are that just zip by us all the time that are are all orbiting the earth they you know yep. what they're all in an orbit so they come like they know scientists know when they're coming around like exactly they very much are aware of a lot if not most of these meteors that orbit around the earth and they know when there's a potential yep. for it to hit and if it if there is going to be a point that there is going to be a meteor or asteroid that they predict is going to hit earth you're sure as fuck not going to hear it from ign first yeah you're not going to hear it from ign you're probably not going to hear it at all and the un's just going to blow it out of the sky like <laughs> 
That's what happens in the expanse. It's I don't literally know what y'all are talking about. That's Armageddon. Yeah. We're gonna send yeah. a whole crew up there. We're gonna send freaking Bruce Willis <laughs> with them and yeah. and uh, Ben Affleck, and they're gonna plant 100%. a bomb and they're gonna sacrifice themselves. Exactly. Like you know, the thing is, it's just I'm so glad that the tweet doesn't update too. Yeah. God damn, that's great. I'm glad that you that we both caught that at the yeah. exact same time. Yeah, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's 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 the perfect descriptor. It's they said this really aggressive clickbaity title. Mm-hmm. They got the attention that they wanted, and then the fucking governing body, basically this subsection of NASA, said, "Hey guys, this article's wrong." And then IGN's sitting there like, "Oh, we fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we made a mistake. Change it." change it real quick yep right so it's 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 unprofessional yeah extremely it it is unprofessional to do some sort of clickbait like this as as um like basically games journalists by doing this podcast in a lot of ways um but also not in a lot of ways mm. i don't really know what to classify us as commentary yeah yeah but yeah i don't know I I have no idea because we're not like I'm writing gonna... articles or anything, so I, we're definitely no. like not technical journalists. But yeah, but I'm gonna call myself one because I have a d- diploma that says I am. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm like, but like, it's it's just like you know, we have to uphold a certain set of standards as well, mm-hmm. and we don't do shit like that. No, we wouldn't do shit like that. No, and it's just like, why did you put? the internet in distress <laughs> yeah because you decided you wanted to have a clickbaity as fuck article that's exactly the reaction they were going for you know yeah. like that's what they wanted they wanted to fearmonger, which is just yeah. it's just unfair because there's stupid people out there that'll believe it you know 100%. that, that so weren't taught to out. be skeptical about art like yeah. my first like when i when i saw the thing i was like oh shit like how did i not hear about this and then yeah. i saw who tweeted it and i was like Wait, IGN? Oh, there's yeah. there's something weird here. Yeah, and that's well, when I read I'm the looking article. looking at, they're actually doing. They act. It looks like they actually do quite a few space articles. Interesting. But it's not obviously what they're well known for. Yeah. So um, this is probably the article that has gotten the most traction in terms of space content from them. Sure. I would say simply because of the um, clickbaitiness. I digress. <sighs> um. At the sign, at the time we are recording this, the asteroid has already passed Earth. <laughs> so, so it's over. Um, it's done. It's guys. done now. Nothing fucking happened. Yep. Um, By the so time you note, listen to this, it will be far out of the realm days ago. of the Earth. It was. It was. It happened four hours ago. So it'll be. It'll be days ago. Because it's traveling thirty-four thousand miles per hour. Yeah. But you it's know, a speedy boy. What's traveling thirty-four miles, thirty-four thousand miles per hour away from E3? Fucking Jeff Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff Keeley. So okay. So you know what? All right. We've said on this channel, channel, if this ain't a channel, this is a podcast. This pod We've channel. Said on this pod channel, and this a Chamcast. lot of times in the past. Chamcast. <laughs> oh my God, stop. Um, oh my God. Chadcast. Chadcast. It's actually about incels. Yep. Um, so basically, we've talked a lot about um, E3, especially last year um, on this podcast and how we think it's dying. Mm-hmm. So basically... Last year, we saw Sony pull out of E3, and obviously Nintendo wasn't a part of E3, and then we also saw E3 leaking and doxing a whole bunch of journalists. So, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened with E3 last year, and Zay and I talked about it, and we have a feeling that, you know, if I recall our conversations correctly... We have a hunch that E3 is going to slowly desecrate over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, until it eventually has to either die or, you know, rebrand. And, um, 
Uh, we thought it was going to be a slow desecration, and then Jeff Keighley said, "I just want to clarify. Is... Sorry, Nintendo was at E3 last year. No, but um, they were not the not their conference though. They haven't. Yeah, they haven't done that for yeah. years though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean the conference says. For sure. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I should have qualified. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo's still technically at E3, but they don't have their conference associated with E3. Right. Compared I to digress. like Sony, which completely was not at E3. They said, "Yeet, we're out." Yeah. Like a light. Um, okay, so... Jeff Keeley, my bad. Jeff Keeley said... No, don't apologize. It's... I didn't qualify. Gotcha. So, it's better. So, Jeff Keeley, producer-creator of the Game Awards, huge part of E3 for the past 25 years, which is, like, the whole time E3's been a thing. Like, it was E2 and then it was E3. Um, it's... He's been around since the beginning. He said, For the past 25 years, I have attended every Electronic Entertainment Expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has always been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I have made the difficult decision to decline to produce the E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events in the future. And then he tweeted, if you have questions, I'm happy to answer here on social. Boom. Oh, my God. Jeff Keighley is not doing E3. Yeah. This is huge. This is massive. I mean. This is huge. And it's an extra, like, meter in the grave. Yeah. When we thought it wasn't going to go down a full meter. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I just feel like, you know, Jeff Keighley was well known for E3. He obviously pulls together, like big things right like he does the gamescom opening night live he obviously does the game awards and then he did e3 right like he's a huge part of the gaming industry and events in the gaming industry in specific Mm -hmm. big developer events he participates with and uh he's literally just not doing it and he hasn't said anything bad about it. No. And no one's really said anything bad about it. But I think we all know it's kind of what this means. Yeah, it's it's kind of what it is to me is what it feels like is that last nail in the coffin, right? Exactly. Cuz exactly. Those people need to the like if Nintendo is not having their presence there like they haven't for years like we don't know for sure that they're gonna have a spot on the show floor i'm sure they will but god knows what the fuck they're gonna show we don't know anything that they're gonna have past march so uh let's let's get some news nintendo it's getting yeah exactly after animal crossing we don't know what's anyway uh or like honestly sony yeah or sony at all ps5 the fucking details about the ps5 I read an article, like, not an article, I saw a rumor the other day that it's costing $450 to produce the PS5. <laughs> so what's it going to cost to sell? I mean... It's going to be a lot! It is, yeah. I mean, Nintendo is one of the only companies, I think, that is adamant about making money on their consoles, which is why they're yeah. consistently underpowered compared to the other gens. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting, but like I found it to be an interesting number, but yeah. not like noteworthy enough to talk about it for any length of time. In in regards to E3, it's just yeah. like what you need is the video game companies, and then yeah. on top, the next layer you need is journalists covering the news and events happening at mm-hmm. E3. Exactly. And and Jeff Keighley was the bridge between those two in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Right, and he was the bridge between the developers and the general public Mm -hmm. so now they've lost that bridge they have and no one's gonna be live gonna be able to live up to jeff keely yeah so he's really really done e3 dirty here because they are not going to be able to find someone that meets up with exactly what their entire audience wants everyone was happy with jeff keely Mm -hmm. everyone not a single person ever talked shit about jeff keely I've never seen a negative thing said about that man. He's Canadian. Who could be upset at him? <laughs> exactly. We're all fucking amazing. So well, I've never seen anything. I feel personally attacked. Well, right now. No. <laughs> I did well. just watch Don't Fuck With Cats. So <laughs> Okay, fair. Luca Magnata doesn't count. Um, neither do any of Canadian serial killers, for the record. I'm not saying they're awesome. Um, I digress. Like, 
you know, everyone was happy with Jeff Keighley. Who are they going to hire, right? Who are they going to hire that's going to have that kind of renown like he has, right? So it's really like that the developer stuff is floundering. The journalists, a lot of them don't know if they're going to go because they were doxxed last time. Mm -hmm. So we've missed that layer. And now the layer that bridges the gap between the developers and the general public is also gone. They're literally losing support from every single part of the three important layers to E3. It's, I think I said this last time we talked about E3 and it, it makes even more sense to me that they, what E3 needs to become is a fan conference. Yes. And if they want to survive, they need to solely focus on fans and that portion of it and a celebration of gaming and electronic entertainment because 100% because the, the, like obviously the the big companies the big three microsoft nintendo and xbox know yeah. i'm sorry microsoft nintendo and sony um they know, you know what? i knew what you meant though <laughs> that's good i'm glad <laughs> um they know that they can reach their fans in a much more direct way without having to compete for attention of this big like physical event right or yeah. they can host their own events like sony is rumored to do um, yeah. or maybe E3 just becomes a Microsoft event. I mean, they own yeah. at where E3 is held every year is at the, yep. um, the LA, LA Expo Center and yep. directly next to that, where a lot of the events happen, a lot of the talks is the Microsoft theater. So 100%. perhaps that's just Microsoft's event from now on, you know, and it becomes like yeah. an Xbox fanboy event, you know, um, but for it to survive, I would survive, be surprised at that. Yeah. But we need to see some sort of evolution for them to survive. I mean, it made sense when they started opening it up to the public because for a number of years it it wasn't, and now right. it's become this like they're actually making money on it from the general public. You know. Yes. Um, by the way, a little side note: if we get fifty reviews on the podcast, we can get a free ticket to E three. So uh-huh. if you have not reviewed the podcast and left us Please. a rating, it doesn't matter if you leave us a one star or a five star. I'd hope we we leave you entertained enough to leave a high rating. Yeah. But if you if we get to 50 reviews, they will give us a free pass to E3 to cover the event. So which is sick. I will do that because Vic probably won't fly to L.A. <laughs> it's so expensive. Yeah, exactly. Flying from America is so, so expensive Flying like, to America. That's what I meant. Yeah. I mean, also flying from America back to Canada. Fair. It's very expensive. Like, for example, flying to Orlando, it's like a $600 flight. But to fly to Japan, it's 900 Interesting. Take that in. That's not, Take that in. That That's not that bad. To, $600? Yeah, to be honest. like we. Oh, it's so much cheaper for you guys. Yeah, I don't know. Lauren just paid, Bayfa just paid a little more than that. Well, a little less than that to fly from here to San Francisco. It was like four, four twenty, four forty. Interesting. Yeah, I think flights are just expensive, Vic. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Although we should just do this like little Casey Toronto collab and do this oh live podcast that we've been kind of tossing around in our Honestly. heads. Oh my god. Zay's like, I'm away driving sixteen hours. I'm I'm fucking down for it. <laughs> I have I have radar cruise control on my new vehicle. I'll set that bitch in, in cruise control and I'll be in Canada before I even know it. Did you not have that on an old car? No, I my old car <gasps> was a ninety six Corolla. Oh. So Okay, I was going to say, you didn't have cruise? Cruise is the best. No, yeah, no, it definitely didn't have cruise control, but this has radar cruise control. What which is that? Basically, I can set it in cruise control and not touch the gas pedal, and if traffic slows down in front of me, my car will slow down for me. Okay, that's baller as hell. It's pretty sweet. It's, my car doesn't even have that, and it's 2018. It's pretty freaking sweet. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hella. Yeah, like I, I'll wow. get on the freeway and I just don't touch the gas pedal. Oh, that's sick as hell, dude. It's super nice. I really, oh really god. love it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Anyways, okay. Jeff Keeley, E3. Disappointed. Not disappointed. I'm not surprised is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by this. No. Nope. I knew something like this was going to happen. It's not fresh. It's not new. We're going to have to see what happens. Yep. I think E3 is going to be bad this year. 
And uh, we'll report on it for you guys. Don't worry. We will, for sure. If you get us reviews, we can give you inside information. And maybe exactly. I get to hang out with Alana Alana Pierce again. Because that's... I don't know if she's going to go. She got doxxed. I mean, everyone got doxxed. And, and, and yeah, like, doxxed their emails and their about names that they're leaked. they're not going. You know? Like, they've like, been talking about not going. Who has? Alana. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know. She lives in Australia, so it's even more expensive for her to fly to no, she lives, L.A. She lives in oh, California. yeah, she lives in L.A. Never mind. I'm a big liar. I was like, my dude, I'm a she fucking works at Funhouse. I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she is Australian, but she she works. In, she lives in law. Well, then she's definitely going to go. We'll see. Uh, you know what? See. She's gonna take over for E three Coliseum. That's my prediction. I mean, that right would be now. sick. That would be baller as hell. That would be pretty dope. I'd be down as hell. Okay, I'd be really happy with that because I yep. love her. I know. Anyways, she's my talk favorite. to me about Uber. Uber, yeah. If you've fucking if, Uber, dude. If you've heard of this tiny little startup, um, you may not have heard of it before. They they're. They're just in a micro way affecting. It's really obscure. It's teeny yeah. tiny. Yeah, they're called yeah. U- Uber. I think is how U- you pronounce it. I always pronounce it Uber. Of course you do. No, I don't. Of I course call you it do. Uber. No, don't. I call lie. it Uber. <laughs> I promise. Uber was just spawned now. <laughs> The I'll first never... time I said it was the first time I've ever said it. One of my favorite <laughs> jokes in Silicon Valley is when. Uh, so they're they're looking for funding for Pied Piper, and right. they they meet the guy who uh, who made he, he goes like he made this tequila called Trace Comas because he's mm-hmm. a billionaire and it's three right. commas right. And what he Stupid. tells what he tells Richard Hendricks is you need to have a name of a company that people can scream out during orgasm for it to be oh, effective. Oh my god! And then they go around the room and they start like naming like. Yeah. And you see Kumail Nanjiani like go Uber. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and then Thomas Middle just goes Pipe Piper. And then <laughs> it's so awkward and hilarious. Yeah, but I bet. but then the guy who made Trace Comas looks at him and he goes, "Is that what you sound like when you orgasm? That's disgusting. <laughs> Don't do that." <laughs> oh my god. I've see I've seen clips of Silicon Valley, but I've never fully watched it. Oh, it's it's hilarious. But I've heard really good things. It's absolutely hilarious. It's it was one of my favorite shows on HBO, especially yeah. after the one that will not be mentioned. Oh. Which I'm still mad about broke my fucking honestly, heart. Honestly, 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 I think about the final season of Game of Thrones. Sorry, I didn't want to say it, but I know it's to fine. Say it. <laughs> I think about it. And I just get angry. I do too. Still <laughs> like, angry about it. Usually, usually when you're watching something and you hate how it's ending, it's like, you know what? Whatever. It's not the end of the world. And then after like six months, you're not angry about mm-hmm. it anymore. If anything, I'm more angry now. Yeah, for sure. That we were done so dirty. Yeah. The only good thing about the final season of Game of Thrones was Sansa. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That was the only good thing. Yeah. That's even, it. Even then, it was annoying. Oh, I love her, though. I know you do. I would die do. for her. I know you do. And I love... Uh, so I'm obviously going to say my favorite because she had a good ending and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. And I stan. So, like, I'm a little bit of a, like, biased opinion on that one. Here's but the other I'd thing die for about her. it is that we're probably never going to see what... what the actual ending is going to be because I don't think he's going to finish the books. I don't even want to talk about it, okay? So, let me look back on my bookshelf. I see every single copy. I have I have beautiful leather-bound copies of A Song of Ice and Fire. Mhm. That's um, cool. which, you know, like that's how long it takes for these stupid books to come out that they said, mm, we don't even know if the sixth one's going to come out. Let's just leather bind these in a collector's edition. Yeah, make some more Which money on fucked. it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, take my money. I'll take it. Honestly, I waited until it was on sale. Nice. Um, because I saw it and I loved it. And I only had mass market paperback versions of the A Song of Ice and Fire books. And I lent the third one, A Storm of Swords. Yeah. A Storm of Swords to a coworker of mine at the time. Mm-hmm. She took it to the beach, absolutely beat the living shit out of it. Ugh. And it was the beautiful green cover. Ugh. But by then, the third season had come out and they'd switched it to the silver covers. God. 
So now I have all of the beautiful original mass market paperbacks with like the nice matte covers. Mm -hmm. And then a storm of swords is like shiny and fucking silver. And it makes me angry. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to buy the leather bound ones. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off that he's never going to finish these books because mm -hmm. I really don't think he's publishing like Fire and Blood and all of these other ones that I have on my shelf that I can't see because I have like 500 books. Mm -hmm. But like, why are you publishing all of these side books when you could just finish your fucking series? It's George. <sighs> you know what? Brandon like... Sanderson puts out like a book a year. In each of his series. Don't even mm -hmm. fucking George. I'm not even sure how we got on this tangent, but I'm um, I'm proud of we us. We were talking about HBO, Silicon Valley, right. and the Game of Thrones. Okay. Let's talk about Uber. So, yeah, Uber. <laughs> right. Uber. That's what we're talking about here. They are uh, testing a new feature in which you can... Um, it's it's probably... You've probably never heard of this ability to do this type of thing before, where you can it's call a 1-800 number and mm -hmm. an a... a, a, a a, an uber driver will come to your location which just consider me shocked and stunned i don't think that exists in the world ever before so once again this is uber just breaking new ground just kidding it's a fucking taxi service exactly zay sent me the link where is it my exact words were so taxi yep <laughs> <laughs> it's to me it's fucked it's fucked up. It's fucked up. First of all, we're already having a lot of taxi drivers struggling with um, Uber and, and, and um, you know, getting better than Uber's prices. In Canada, Uber is a little more expensive than it is in America um, because Lyft hasn't really taken off here. So Uber doesn't really have um, a market to fight against. Whereas in America, like... Lyft and Uber are butting heads. So Uber is a little bit more expensive. If I can tell a really quick story about the worst Uber fares I'd ever seen. I went to a concert. It was downtown in my city. Um, I had parked um, like somewhere else, like mm -hmm. far away. Like I'd parked far away from this venue. And then we'd taken an Uber from where I parked to the venue. Yeah. It was about a 10 minute, 10, 15 minute drive um, to my car. And the Uber only cost $15 on the way there. That's fine. I'm willing to pay for that because um, the yeah, yeah. parking would have been miserable. Where the stadium is, is like just not in a good spot. Got it. So I was like, I'm willing to pay for an Uber so that I don't have to navigate that once the concert's out. Yes. We left the concert. I pulled up Uber. Surge pricing took my once $15 Uber and made it $86. Holy shit. I was thinking it like 5X I could understand. Nope. $86. That's crazy. So I took a city bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, which like whatever. That's fine with my like it was it's fine. But you know it's 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 not particularly cheaper to take an Uber than it is to take a taxi in Canada. I personally take Ubers when I do. I don't take Ubers very often. I drive pretty much everywhere. Um, but when I do take an Uber, it's just easier because I have the app. I've got the credit card already attached to it. It's that ease of use that I really like. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of arguments when Uber first came out that Uber was safer for women. That's also not fucking true because women are getting attacked by Uber drivers as well. So really, Uber doesn't really have a leg up whatsoever. The only leg up that they had was the fact that they were an app. Now they're basically like trying to take over the last tenant that taxis have. It's funny. It's really Just funny. Just let them have it. It's they they're doing the same thing that Amazon did to bookstores, right? Physical yes. brick and mortar brick and mortar bookstores got completely yeah. torpedoed by Amazon's business model. They were cheaper, yeah. it was easier than going to the bookstore. They had mm -hmm. a good recommendation algorithm which kept people buying and coming back. Um yeah. And they they offered free shipping, which was just like, 100%. why the fuck would I go to a bookstore when I can do that for Amazon? Yeah. And then in the last five to seven years, Amazon was like, oh, hey, remember those things called bookstores? We have them now. And they really like the idea of and, those. And they're awesome. 
Like I've gone yeah. to Amazon bookstores are badass because they have the same recommendation algorithm. They sell all their Amazon de- devices that are super cool. They have yeah. like the little random kitschy things that they always had at bookstores that you could get for like stocking stuffers or little yeah. like little kids gifts. They're awesome. Yeah. They're great. It made me remember why I liked bookstores. And now Uber is doing the same thing to yeah. to uh, to the taxi cab system. And it's interesting, like. Uber has gotten into a lot of hot water with some of those things that you mentioned, right? With their yeah. their safety and their vetting of drivers. I remember yeah. I had um I threw a friend's bachelor party and we had about 20 guys from all over the US and actually a few different countries all yeah. all show up in Austin, Texas. And right. at that time, Austin, Texas had kicked out both Lyft and Uber. And said yeah. no ride sharing is available in our state whatsoever because wow. they refuse to fingerprint their drivers, which is yeah. a, you know, run a background check. Every taxi yeah. driver that you get in is is vetted by the yes. regulatory board that that vets taxi drivers. And which is how it should be. For sure. And Lyft and, and Uber. why isn't Uber doing that? Right. I mean, like, you have to go through a test to get a driver's license. And this is yeah. a public service, Right. Yes. Although it's not funded by the public, it's a privately owned company, they still yep. need to adhere to some of those safety regulations in 100%. which in which makes it. Uh, so we had to, it was really interesting because it created this like side black market of like we found a person who had a van who was like, here's my number. And they just wrote it down. And we just called this this lady up who drove our drunk asses around all weekend long. And we just yeah. paid her cash or like sent oh her a Venmo. God. So this whole like gypsy black market cab service started up in Austin and people were making bank just driving their cars around, which made it almost even worse because that's 100 percent less unregulated than than what Uber would have been. I just I mean, the thing is, like the reason people aren't using taxis is because they're more expensive. Right. Mm hmm. But, like, fellow Canadians listening right now, if you actually talk to a fucking taxi driver in Toronto, they're not going to charge you more than an Uber will. My brother was um, in Toronto for New Year's, and there was search pricing on Ubers, and when he went to a taxi, the taxi was like, yeah, that, that'll cost, like, 15 bucks, like, even, no problem. Hmm. And it was just kind of like, oh... So Uber's perpetuating this slander against taxis so that more people will use their service when in reality, taxis are understanding that they need to have better competition now. Sure. So it's kind of like, you know, and then like, like this taxi driver was like lamenting about how hard it is. Right. He was like, you know, everybody's just taking Ubers and like, I'm not charging. He literally said this to my brother. He was like, I'm not charging more than like any of the Ubers, but because people don't want to call or they don't like, like they don't know they're not using my service. So I'm not, you know, as busy as I've been on previous New Year's. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of sad to me. Um, And it's frustrating that Uber just can't let taxis have this one thing. I mean, if I'm being honest, I I can't say I'm sad that the taxi industry needed like some competition and it's Oh no. It's imp- I think competition is good. Yeah, it's it's impressive what Uber and Lyft have done in this space because right. who would have thought that a tech company could come in and and threaten such a established part of an industry, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And and for a while there you could say that taxis were super expensive. They were, yep. Which is why Uber and Lyft gained ground in the first place. 100%. The last time I took a taxi was at the Vegas airport, and I was going to a friend's bachelor party, which was, I was meeting them at the hotel. I think we were staying at the Caesar. Um, And I... For some reason, I couldn't get an Uber. I don't remember what the fucking deal was. Yeah. But I there was just a taxi sitting there, and he was like, need a ride? And I was like, sure, whatever. I'll just hop in Absolutely. the car. Absolutely, yeah. And... The ride cost me, I think, double what the Lyft or Uber was estimating. And I know it's because he asked me which direction I wanted to go. And I was like, oh, you're 
you're pulling a fucking fast one on me because I obviously yeah. don't know the routes around here. So yeah. I'm just going to say whatever's quickest and I'm not going to know the difference between what's quickest yeah. and what isn't. So he took me the long route, which got him a higher rate. Of and, course. and I was like, fuck, like I haven't even yeah. gotten and into is, Vegas yet. And I'm already getting fucked by this city. <laughs> like that's a shady thing that would happen somewhere like Vegas because they do know that, you know, they can take advantage of that kind of thing. And that is the perk of Uber. Mm-hmm. You can watch the map to make sure that your Uber driver is doing the fucking directions that Uber has told them to do. Mm-hmm. Right. There are perks to it, right? There are absolutely perks. And I'm not going to sit here and say when I went down to Florida for my work trip a couple months ago that I called a taxi. I called an Uber. I am more comfortable with Ubers, right? I'm not going to like, I'm not sitting here saying I don't use the app. Like when I do need a fucking taxi, I will use an Uber, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is fundamentally far easier you know i i am very naturally i'm a very like cognizant person of like what's around me so i can like i i do look for specific people like i'm not the person that gets into the wrong car and you know yep i'm not i'm checking the license plates in my ubers right yep so like i get it i just find it fascinating like it's it's interesting that uber thought this was the next move to make how many people do they think they're going to get from this, from using a phone number? I think... Are they thinking that they're transitioning all the people who haven't used Ubers yet, who don't use apps? Like, like, are we thinking they're, they think they're going to get old people now? Like, I think that's exactly correct. I think that's the, exactly the mar- the audience they're going for. I mean, the numbers, according to this article, according to Pew Research, say that 96% of Americans own a smartphone. So right. that's... They're, targeting four percent of people or perhaps like it's i would be stoked because if i were in a situation where like my phone was dead or if i was stranded i could like walk up and find a payphone and call an uber right are there still payphones in america i mean if i got lucky and found one i'd probably find an uber before i found a payphone yeah 100 Um, it's hard to find payphones nowadays most definitely but i could like walk into a bar and say let me use the phone you know or something like that yeah absolutely Um, yeah so it's nice that that exists because i'd probably rather in that situation if i was like fucked and stranded i'd rather call an uber or a lyft than yeah than call a taxi for Um, the legitimacy and the tracking yeah for sure uh, and it's in, like, I know that like, if I take, I can look at my driver and I can say like, okay, sweet. They've got five stars. You can see any comments about them. Did you know also you have a rating as a writer? Yes. Which I, I didn't know that I, I had a, um, I had a driver tell me my rating once and I was like, sweet. I'm at like a four point whatever. I was like, yeah, Dead, I'm doing really? good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a 4.8. Nice. Yeah, I think I was somewhere like that. I think there was once or twice I got into an Uber, blacked the fuck out, and probably did not get a good rating then. I don't think I've ever puked in an Uber, which is fine, but um, I could not have been an easy ride. I think someone gave me a one-star once. I think a fucking Montrealian gave me a one-star once. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the dude in Montreal. Probably just because you're from the Toronto area, right? Exactly. And that's 100% what it was. It was, he was like, damn your neck, an Ontarian. <laughs> a one star for her. So right? it's like, funny. That's 100% what happened. Because I have a friend who, like, when we have gone on flights together and we were, we would both be like at LAX trying to pick up a ride home, he would get canceled on, like, a lot. Oh, is that racism? No, it's not racism. Oh. It's it's ratingism. Oh, it's his rating. <laughs> yeah. Did he have a bad rating? He must have. Oh my god. He must have, and Dumbass. I'm not surprised by that because that, you got to be nice to the Uber drivers. You got to be nice to any service people, and yeah, that's exactly. just like they're working hard. And if you're not nice to service people, then you've never worked in fucking service. Ex- exactly. I think it should be an obligation, and oh, I used to say this when I worked in retail. I've said this so much, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think it should be an obligation that people do time in retail. Mm-hmm. Like, when you are 16, 17, whatever, you are obligated to work at least one or two years in retail. Mm-hmm. And whether that retail is food or clothing or makeup or whatever, you have to work where you're serving people yep. at some point in your life. Yep. You have to do it. I totally I agree. I feel like 
everyone would be more respectful of everyone. Totally agree. If we had to do that. You, Anyways. There'd be much <laughs> less Karens in this fucking world if Karen oh had to sit her ass behind fucking the Karens. register and hear the same fucking joke where someone's like, oh, it didn't scan. <laughs> Must be free. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I just got triggered <laughs> to lush days. Like, there was one day where they were like, well, there's no barcodes on any of these bath bombs, so I must just get them for free, right? <laughs> and I deadpanned them and I was like, there's no barcodes on anything in this store. <laughs> like, what the original joke? <laughs> it was awful. Absolutely awful. Anyways, let's talk about something else that I think is weird. Let's Let's hear about it. All right, so... Animal Crossing is a very unique game. Mm -hmm. Someone said, let's make an Animal Crossing, but for PC. It's called Hoko Life. It came out on Steam. It's not out yet. What? Are you sure? Pretty sure. Yeah, it's, well. It's early access right now. Okay. And then it's full release next year. Got it. Um. So basically, this game called Hoko Life is it's 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 quite no, it's, literally it's not out yet. Okay, it's not out. I was wrong. Yeah. It's quite literally Animal Crossing, but on PC. But it's not the Animal Crossing people that made it. I find this fascinating. Mhm. Mm I find this fascinating because I'm shocked that Nintendo's letting this happen. Because like everything is similar. The villagers are animals. You're coming in and you're making the town better. You're harvesting. There's fruit. It seems like there's a couple more farming elements to it that Animal Crossing doesn't have. So that's kind of, I think, how they're going to fight um, if anything happens. But you can design clothing like you can in Animal Crossing. It is it is fundamentally Animal Crossing. Even the fish in the water look the same. Like, it's pretty much Animal Crossing with a different name for PC. And I find it fascinating. Um, there's not too much to say about it, but I'm just curious. Like, Zay and I were talking about it earlier. And, like, I just don't, I wouldn't, there's part of me that thinks Nintendo's not going to do anything about it. And then there's part of me that's like, I feel like they might. Here's my thing, is this is, <laughs> this is not the first clone of a Nintendo game that's ever no. existed. No. And... And if Nintendo did decide to do anything, they would have to have a reasonable grounds of copyright infringement yeah. or like legitimate asset infringement. And yeah. you can get as close like Nintendo doesn't own anthropomorphic like animals building a town. You can't yeah. copyright that idea. So there's no yeah. there's no legal grounds for them to do anything about it. That's mm -hmm. that's the first point. The second point yep. is that if they did do anything about it, that legitimizes this game in a way exactly. so yep. much that yes. it will provide such a sales barrier. Because anyone that yep. owns a PC and not a Nintendo system is going to be like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to go get this game Absolutely. now. Nintendo exactly. thinks they're an actual threat. Like, let's yep. go play this game. Exactly. Um, and this is the thing, right? Like, I... You know, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, I don't think they are going to do anything for those reasons. And then when you also think about something like Stardew Valley, which I am sure the developers of Harvest Moon could have said, this is a direct ripoff of our game. Sure. But they didn't because they can't own the entire concept of a farming game. Right. Right. You can't trademark that entire thing, which I think is how Hoko Life's going to get away with this. Am I going to buy Hoko Life? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. The new Animal Crossing will have been out for a year. I mean, Guess I got to get Hoko Life now. That's, that's the other thing, too, is like if they're going to release an <laughs> Animal Crossing knockoff, right? And we saw yeah. this when Smash Brothers was about to come out. There was probably like three or four Smash clones. There was... Um, 
there was brawl out was one yeah. which was like that like come on that that title there who, yeah oh boys who you're you playing a risky kidding? game right there um there was there was a couple of smash clones i can't remember all their titles now but they got them yeah. out before smash brothers came out because they yep. knew their only window of profitability was going uh-huh. to be because there wasn't the new smash out 100% and with hoko life it sounds like they haven't released yet which means they've got about a month before animal crossing comes out as of the time of this recording they got about a month before animal crossing comes out so their profitability window is pretty tiny pretty tiny and if they want to make it viable for them they need to get it out yesterday well that's why they're putting it out next year right i guess that's true it says it's coming it'll be like fully released in 2021 so Animal Crossing will have been a thing for a year at that point. But the other thing with Animal Crossing is it's not a game that, like... Dies? En- yeah, or it ends, you know? Yeah, You can 100%. just keep playing Animal Crossing, so... I agree. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating. I'm fascinated to see where it goes. I'm definitely seeing more elements in it than just in Animal Crossing. Like, you can't farm in Animal Crossing. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely, like, hybrid things between, like, Stardew Valley slash Harvest Moon and this. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something to be keeping in mind in terms of whether or not it's similar to actual Animal Crossing or not. I'm interested to see where it goes, and I'm interested to play it, but you know what I'm more excited for? Animal Crossing. Apparently, you can actually, in Hoko Life, you can specifically design your furniture and place yeah. couch cushions wherever you want. That's, yeah, I saw that. I I would hope that they make that their tagline and be like, in, in, unlike Animal Crossing, I hope they like <laughs> specifically call it out like that. Right? Unlike Animal Crossing, you can put your couch cushions wherever you want wherever in Hoko you... Life. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. a customization dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I mean, we'll find out, right? We Yeah, we shall see. Anyways, yeah, that's sh- going to be the end of this here episode of the Geek Digest podcast. I wanted to say thank you guys so much for listening to this 47th episode of the Geek Digest. We're coming upon 50, and I just that's think crazy. that's awesome. I know. It's wacky as hell. I think it's amazing. It's been I wanted, a full year. What? Yeah, it has. It's been a amazing, full year right? since we've been doing amazing. this podcast. Literally crazy shit. Yeah. Um, we're going to be coming up on our second E3 talk. It's It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. And our statistics in terms of listenership are only going up. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to thank you guys so much for that. Again, if you haven't left us a rating or a review, we would really appreciate it. Um, send us to E3. Yeah, send us to E3. Make sure if you come across a shit post, tweet it at us. Yes. We are at the Geek Digest on everything, on Instagram, on Twitter, the works. Um, Don't forget so about YouTube. There. All the episodes yeah, we're are on available YouTube on now. YouTube. Yeah, so if you are like, oh, I'm at work, I want to listen to my podcast, you know, I want to listen to the Geek Digest podcast, we are on YouTube now, so you can listen to it on YouTube as well. We are just the Geek Digest on YouTube. You'll recognize it from the same, the very same logo that you see in front of you every single time. Hashtag marketing gods. Anyways, my name is Victoria. You can follow me at Victoria Shaz. My name is Zafod. You can find me at Zafod everywhere. I hope you have a wonderful morning, noon, night, evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are. And and stay stay geeky. geeky. Bye, guys. Bye.